Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello and welcome to yet another season of Saturday Draft Live. It's not just any season, it's a tag team season and it's our 12th season. Do you believe it? Who would have thought we would have made it from the Patreon to the extra feed to the main feed to 12 goddamn seasons? Not me, not me. (laughs) We are here not to talk about points for this week. We're here to look at the fallout from our recent selection show and look at the new teams and the picks that they've made and judge them both positively and negatively, depending on who you are. And we need a big panel to do this show. We need the four pillars of ESSR to make you know, this analysis. And I'll look, introduce you to the four pillars and how vital they are to the draft. You have myself, clearly the Darby Allen of ESSR, and that... Even though I've had some big wins, two-time draft champion, I clearly, much like Derby, have no regard for my own well-being. I like to throw out risks willy-nilly, like, yeah, I'll take Walter as a first-round pick. What could possibly go wrong? Or, no, I won't transfer Charlotte out. She won't disappear from TV like a week after the transfer window's closed. You know, I'll be fine. But much like Derby, I also have a fondness for turtles. My name is Scott McClendon. <laughs> This would be a point of hopefully if Daniel Campbell was here, we didn't insert the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song. <laughs> no, you've got to say the full phrase, it's like Candyman. <laughs> uh, but let me introduce you to my other pillars. This man joined the draft around about season three, I want to say. He was a cocky, loudmouth, smug little prick from air with a slappable face and whose name I couldn't remember. And now, after all these seasons, he's a two-time draft champion and all of that has changed. Well, he's still smart. He's still a bit smug, loud-mouthed, but I've remembered his name at least. He is our Sammy Guevara. He doesn't wear like weird panda stuff on his head, like Sammy used to. But the stuff he does with chicken parts would make your stomach turn. Hello, hello. Glad, glad to be here again once again. Season twelve, tag season, a very exciting season. Um, but I'm looking, I'm looking forward to this. I'm, I'm looking forward to as as always ripping into folks' picks, and I'm sure I'll be. Ripping into some of your picks too, everyone on the on the panel. So it'll be fun, fun time. It, it should very much be a fun time. Now onto our next pillar. This is a man who peaked in season three and hasn't let us forget about it. He's <laughs> tried so hard to get back to those heights that he had in season three. With all his hair being drafting schemes, they've all went a bit as well as Wiley Coyote's attempts to catch the Roadrunner. Although, in the time, he's found a new hobby and pretending to be the only person on this podcast who gives a shit about the Listener's League. He, I'd say he's our MJF of the Four Pillars. Not that, not that he's better than you and wants you all to know about it, and that he wishes he looked as good in his little hat as MJF does in his, in his scarf. But to <laughs> us, you will always look like a West End wanker. <laughs> David Hockney. I, listen, I'll just sit here with my fancy suit and my diamond ring and my Burberry scarf and I'll just keep telling you how much I'm better than you and you know it. <laughs> the, only <laughs> ring, the only ring you have is a spicy <laughs> ring from a curry you had last night. You know, that's, that's all you have. You keep your rings to yourself there. 
Yeah. Well, the jokes on well, the jokes on you because I had pizza last night. No, easy for <laughs> oh, you to say. Sick burn, dude. Sick burn. <laughs> Also, I'm better than you, saying that you're better than me. I stole season seven from you. Uh huh. And I stole the 2019 Royal Rumble quiz from you. Not Enough of the past. Not compatible. <laughs> I know. Anyway, on to our final pillar. What can I say about this man and the history he has made in the draft? Let's run down some of the firsts he's done. First ever season winner. First ever tag team season winner. One half at least. First ever SDL host to retire. First ever SDL host to unretire. First ever SDL host to retire again. First ever host to unre- No, I'm going to skip through the retirement stage. This man's, man's worse than fucking Leo Rush. Now, also, because I've gone to the four pillars, you're probably expecting me to compare this man to Jungle Boy. But I think it's more accurate to call him Luchasaurus. Because much like Luchasaurus comes out carrying Jungle Boy on his shoulders, as does this man carry Ryan Gallagher on his shoulders every time the, every time the tag team season comes around. It is the goat himself, David Campbell. Listen, there is no carrying Ryan. We are both hashtag clever, hashtag busy, hashtag goat tones for the win. It's mm. happening, son. Happening again. Let's get to this this tag team season. I cannot wait. If you want a, if you are, if you missed the draft selection show, first of all, what the hell were you doing with your evening? We uh, we have the videos. Of uh, us making the teams, I'm even selecting the teams and the position orders, uh, both in separate videos on our YouTube channel. Go check those out if you haven't already. We'll wait for you. Good, you're back. Uh, so you can see the drama of the selections coming in. Now it's time for some. The dust has settled. A few days have passed, and we're going to judge these picks. But guys, I was going to go in order of like selection, like from team I picked first, break down the team, any comments you have, and then through to last. But I'm going to skip to one team in particular before we go back in order. Because there's one pick I have to talk about. You know, maybe I was maybe I was a bit harsh. I was trying to be like less harsh on the selection show. But Billy and Stacey, I, I have oh, to God. comment on it. Nikki, go. fucking Bella. Nikki, goddamn Bella. You'd have been better off picking Goldberg. At least he was on SmackDown last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus. Yeah. Like, where do you start? Perfectly at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the rumours are that the Bellas could have a team's title match at WrestleMania. That is the only saving grace of this pick. Nikki Bella would have, a, with, I can say this with 100% certainty, Nikki Bella would have been there in round five should they have wanted to drop her then. Maybe then. It's a bit of a better pick. Maybe then it's a bit of a pun. But the problem Billy has had with Stacey is that Billy has given in to Stacey's demands instead of trying to reason. You know, so this is this is all on Stacey Smith. I, I feel bad for Billy. Stacey has bullied Billy into this pick first round. And we've also seen that Nikki Bell has been announced as a judge for America's Got Talent. So I think it's safe to say she's not going to be on WWE programming for the foreseeable. But, you know, if the rumours are true that, you know, the Bellas could get a women's tag title match at WrestleMania, honestly, I think it's wishful thinking at this stage. But if it does happen, I suppose it's better late than never. The only redeeming quality I can see for Billy and Stacey at the minute is Brock Lesnar with the captaincy on, given that he's been announced for the Elimination Chamber match for the WWE title, and he's going to be facing Roman Reigns for the Universal title at WrestleMania. So he's all over the main event scene right now. Yeah, because, you know, 
looking at some of their other picks, they could work out fairly well. They got Brock, as you said, they have Cody. You know, this whole thing about his contract right now, he's a feature of AEW. You got Damien Priest. Ha, 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 ha. Why they why they took away that theme, I'll never know. Uh he's the US champion, he's been defending it regularly. Then you got Mickey Ash, who's also a thing. And you got Lashley and MVP as, you know, as a tag team. So even if Lashley loses say, the title W title to Brock Lesnar and they want to do this title for title thing, then these guys will get points for Lashley and MVP coming out together and then not lose anything if, if Brock wins. So everything else other than Nikki Bella I can praise. But Jack, like it's just such a bizarre choice. I mean, I think Stacey's love of the Bellas has, has blinded her and poor Billy, as, as the goat was saying, is, is paying the price for it because I think we've guaranteed Stacey's taking her last place trophy. You see, like the, the I think that the thing is something that we always say is that like, this is the most this is like the funnest season. This is the season where you want to have fun, you want to have a good time. And, and drafting Nikki Bella round one is the epitome of having fun. I think there's here have a laugh and, and see what happens. So I respect. Is there chances at the water winning already? Yes, probably. But that's besides the point. Here to have fun, and I respect it. Billy and Stacey, well done. <laughs> and if it didn't need confirmation. This is the first time that Nikki Bella has been drafted in the history For of good reason. So, <laughs> so there you go. Oh, oh dear. I think it's it's easily the strangest round one pick we ever had across these 12 seasons. Like We took the piss out of like Britt Baker being chosen very highly in the last draft, drafting. This was only before she was women's champion and everything. And there's been some odd first round choices like Yo Shirai and Mandy Rose, like that. But Ricochet. Sorry, sorry, something. <laughs> hey, come, come, <laughs> come on now. Indu Share? Oh no, wait, that's a tag team. That's What's a tag up? team. Come Get on, team. Right. God damn it, man. <laughs> but, you know again, like this is easily top them all. I don't even think we can make Indu Share jokes anymore after this. No. no. <laughs> Nikki Bella number one is the full on Jesus Mary Joseph and the wee donkey moment right there. <laughs> She I always love talking about names that people come up with for uh, their teams every uh, draft, especially in the tag team season. And they've decided, and they've decided to name themselves the Nightmares of the North, which is uh, definitely a nightmare for Billy so far. And the season's not even started yet. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, well, let's go back to the beginning. Let's see, look at the teams that, you know, now that I've thoroughly boasted Nikki Bella as, as a pick and... You know, I'm sorry, Stacey, please don't be mad at me. But look, we all love you, really. But, you know, we go back to the team that picked number one. And it was an odd team to be selected number one. And we were all interested to see if they would, you know, take advantage of it or would they cock it up. And it's a team that have referred to themselves as the Sexy Express. Now, I've only met 50% of this team, but I already know this is inaccurate of a name. <laughs> uh, Callum Bennett and JP as a team. They've chosen RK Bro as their tie team. Becky Lynch is their number one pick and their captain, obviously. Uh, Tony Schiavone is the second round pick, the only really non-wrestling pick to be selected this season, so that's a change from the last few seasons. They have uh, Corey J, Darby Allen, and Gunther in the final <laughs> round where he belongs. So, uh, go, I'll come to you, you know, a list, former listeners league winner managed to you know, come back to help make up the numbers and Callum Bennett's uh, very much a newbie so uh, some unproven talent in the, the draft getting that number one spot and also having to deal with the snake draft as well you know solid pick it seemed like for their tag team but now it seems like Randy Horton's taking a break for a little while 
Yeah, JP and new guy seem to have a, a good strategy the first two rounds, to be fair. Like, RK Bro is unlucky. The rumours are that Orton's taking a break. But after the performance they had for Sarah last season, you know, it's not a bad pick, you could say. And then Becky Lynch, I think, would have been top of many people's target lists. The issue I have is the rounds following that. I think that in each round they had WrestleMania contenders on the table. They had people who could get themselves in title situations on the table. But instead they went, Tony Schiavone has been a safe bet, he's been a safe point scorer. So I'm not going to deny that. But the the remainder of their team, Cora, Jade, Darby Allen and Gunther, it doesn't strike fear into me. I look at that on paper and I don't look at a winning team. None of those have really been, for me, historical draft contenders who are going to do anything significant for them. So I think that they had, they went into this and thought, okay, we have our pick of the litter rounds one, round one and then the tag round. But then after that, I think it's been poor planning. Is in what my instincts are telling me is let down the sexy express, and I think that train is ready to crash uh, when it comes into the season, uh, the station come WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, it's, it does seem like you may have to rely on certain players like Becky, particularly as a captain, which is a wise choice. You know, big title defense coming up against Lita in Saudi Arabia, uh, but Darby is con- consistent. You know, Tony Swan does have a, a track record, but. I don't think it'll be enough to keep the Six Express going. They may have to be replaced with a mildly handsome replacement bus service. Uh, David, Jack, do you guys have any yeah. comments on JP and Cal? They really bollocksed up round two and round three here because look at the number of picks that went further down the pecking order. Like, And they, this is a point because of the snake draft. They had two picks in a row to pick a, good, a strong male pick and another strong female. They could have chosen Brock Lesnar, Adam Cole, Kevin Owens, Edge, MJF, like all these guys would have been much better first round, second round picks than Tony Schiavone. And look who they prioritized Cora Jade over, like Mandy Rose and Kaylee Ray, who are in the NXT women's title picture scene. Like they could have chosen either of them, but I don't know if maybe they just had the idea of maybe the women's dusty cup in their mind because Cora Jade's pairing up with Raquel, uh, who's surprisingly gone undrafted this season as well, which I'm genuinely shocked at. Like, they could have chosen Raquel as well, either, but maybe I guess they just wanted to go with the the tag team classic in their mind. But missing out on, like, a WrestleMania-worthy performer like Brock Lesnar is is a big shot in the foot. I think, for me, uh, I'm putting 99% of the brunt of this cock-up of a team on JP. I'm not. I'm not blaming uh, Callum much, much at all. I think there's a lot of naivety <laughs> with the draft in this year with him. He's, it's his first time. He's drafting first. He's not really. I mean, we've seen folk coming up, but everyone, everyone, they're taking their first attempt at this. They're not really the best. I'm a good case example. We've seen a lot of other folk that have come into the draft and haven't really done well. And then you've got the 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 misfortune of having to team up with someone that's not won the listeners league to come up and play again. And when you've got JP messaging me during the draft of cock-up picks that have folk have already been picked and messaging Campbell of stuff that hasn't gone well either, it's a recipe for disaster. Tony Schiavone is a staple of most of us as league tag teams. So that, like, eh, well, teams overall. So I think that, that's got JP written all over it. And I feel that Calm's maybe let JP kind of run the roost here of what they're wanting to do. And I, 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 as JP a good drafter, I'm going to have to say... 
No, at this moment in time. <laughs> I love that. But see, to be fair though, right? If you look at Tony Schiavone's like average for seasons, it's an impressive seventy-three and a half points. Like, I'm not saying that Tony Schiavone is a bad draft pick. I'm just saying that the people you had on the board, apart from that, they could still get you like the winning points, the the ones that would really do it to go for something. That's the difference here. I would like to see the average Tony Schiavone point after a dark elevation got taken out of the draft. Because I feel that mm-hmm. season when he was there racked up so many points yeah. because he's interviewing so many folk after each match there. And we know it's a fucking YouTube show, so it shouldn't have been in the thing in the first place. Oh, preaching the choir. But, but like, I think that it would be quite, uh, he has a good point score, yes, but I would love to see that average without that season or the seasons of dark elevation being included because I think that's, that's skewing the figures a bit. Well, see, to be fair, Jack, though, 33 points last season, which is more than the Usos got. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, that's mental. Yeah, because like, even if he's not doing like commentary, he could do interviews and that, but I agree with you. Like, we had who you had on the table, especially when they had, they had their pick, given that they were back on the snake draft, they were going to get the second-round pick and the third-round pick back-to-back. Even if you took Tony as a third-round pick, and pick someone else with more high profile, like somebody who you said could have been a contender for a high spot at WrestleMania, you know, help boost up your team. Like, it wouldn't have mattered which order you picked Tony Schiavone in, but the idea, the choice of Tony as uh, a second round pick, because like after Archie Brule and Becky, they just went purely NXT and AEW. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's quite a few people with NXT and AEW picks, but given that your first round and Seems like post Becky, who probably will lose all things eighty points. She will lose the Raw Women's Title at WrestleMania. It doesn't feel like they've prepared themselves for like getting many points when when WrestleMania comes around. And I give you the naive because like JP won the listeners' league, but yeah, he's picking like everybody else's picks. Like that's how the listeners' league works. Won the listeners' league season, but was in last place for just about almost the entire season that he was here. Then went back to the Listener League, came second, but still managed to get into this draft. And then also he's Sarah McCallum, who's a rookie here. So, like you said, that draft naivety is a, a big thing because we've seen it like Strack and Derek, they struggled there when they first joined here. And like even I've, even some of us have struggled our first couple of seasons. Like to get into some people, it just takes time to properly like figure out how you properly strategize and put your team together. And I think getting put in first, I think the pressure maybe got to them. We're going to do the second team, you know, we're just going to get this out of the way and I'm going to pass it over to one half of the team who happens to be here today. The, se- the team that picked from second place, the Goat Tones, David Campbell, please let the people know who you picked and well, basically why you picked them and why you're somehow better than all of us. So the tag team pick was always going to be Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. Takes Roman off as a singles pick. Multiple segments, usually on SmackDowns, but with the two of them in them. So that was something that we were very, very, very happy to profit off of when we picked our tag pick. Charlotte Flair, always a contender, always someone who's going to be on TV. The same goes for the rest of our WrestleMania card-worthy team. AJ Styles, Big E, Sonya Deville, Austin Theory, and the traditions of the draft and the recent memory, each of these picks has managed to garner good points on the board. Not always 
locomotive performances, not always juggernaut picks, but each and every single one of our picks has draft consistency. They're going to get you double figures. They're going to get you wins on TV. They're going to feature on pay-per-views. And that is why the Goat Tones have put together one of the greatest teams in the history of this draft. And that is why the Goat Tones are going to win back-to-back tag seasons. All right, Can you feel me? No. Yeah, I can. Can feel you actually, because looking at the team on paper, it does look pretty damn impressive because you've got obviously Charlotte Flair, you know, safe pair of hands in the women's division. You've got AJ, who's sort of broken out as a single star again. Maybe he'll get some momentum going for Mania. Big E uh, reuniting with the New Day on SmackDown. I mean, his singles push seems to be over, but, you know, in the tag team division, they're always uh, a safe pair of hands. Same with Sonya Deville and a very solid program with Naomi. And Austin Theory, the rising star, who has now been entered into the Elimination Chamber match for the WWE title. So if he's brushing shoulders with the upper mid card, you have to imagine he's going to get some key role going into Mania season. So it's hard to argue that the Goat Tones have actually got a very, very solid team this time around. I mean, there's no doubt that we'll probably have a feature spot at WrestleMania, that being Austin Theory, but you already wonder what it's going to be now because we all seem to think we all thought that it was going to be him versus Jamie Mann, but uh, Jamie Mann's been showing the door seemingly. So There's another McMahon sibling, Scott. There's always a McMahon sibling to fight. Don't you worry about it. Uh, you're right. Austin Thievey Hornswoggle, that's the McMahon <laughs> feud that we all want to see. <laughs> well, like, are you hoping that he like, pick up the, the points in terms of like going into WrestleMania, maybe as opposed to getting points at WrestleMania? Like, the idea of having enough of a league going into here because... Charlotte Flair mm. feels like they are setting up if Ronda's coming back and won the Rumble, that Ronda's going to beat Charlotte for the Matt women's title. So yeah. are you all worried about things like that? I mean, Roman, you're like, you worry about because also the consistency of him as a tag team pick won't affect you championship-wise. Yeah, yeah, we're not worried about that. We think we'll get enough wins at Mania. We foresee the New Day winning the titles from the Usos at Mania. Um, and then I think probably AJ, if he faced Edge, would get the win. You know, or if he goes for Bobby for the WWE title, I think there's a good chance he wins there. But you're right, it's about the points in the lead up to Mania and Charlotte Flair has already got a women's title match next week on SmackDown. You know, so we are and Sonya Deville, the ability to appear across two shows, having a feud on one of them. They had mega appearances on SmackDown last night. So we're not worried in the slightest. Like I always will come on here for the go tones and spout for chill, you know what I mean? Like talk a load of shit. One thing that I'm not saying is a load of shit. I firmly believe this is one of the most consistent and best uh, draft teams ever created. I mean, I don't know if uh, if they, as a tag team, I mean, they'll score highly for you, but I don't think you can repeat your tag team success from last season because I don't know what happened. I remember talking about it at the time that Nia and Gina was a team that couldn't get along. And it's literally as soon as you guys seem to pick them, they were the most unbeatable team that WWE had ever produced for some reason. It was insane. So I don't know if it was insane. But I, one thing, bit of inside baseball, one thing that me and Ryan said to each other before this, let's not try and play the Goat Tones greatest hits. Let's not go and try and replicate the exact team we had last season. Let's not take Scrap Daddy just because we think it would be fun to do so. We went into the draft with the plan of putting together the best team for now, for this season. And I think that's why it's a very different Goat Tones team, but it's when it's going to win again. Uh, Jack, do you have any comments on the Goat Tones this season? Um, nothing more that's already been said. I think uh, 
uh, college AP drafting first was a as a lateral gift. That's, that's like putting like an app like the finest steak you can have on, on a plate for dinner and just eating that all up. Like that's a that's an it's <laughs> the absolute best thing that could have happened to them drafting drafting from second. And they've they've certainly reaped the reaped the rewards from it. So they uh, I think they on on paper you, it's hard to not see past them. It was interesting to see like the two of the top women's picks go in. Like the first two first round picks, that was interesting to see because obviously more than other top women's positions that we talked about before we recorded, they do seem to go in the first couple of rounds. But you talk about WrestleMania, that it seemed to be like the end quotes of the season finale. But a lot of people have tried to choose people who they think will get prominent spots on Takeover or Revolution to get those extra pay per view win points. You guys have seemed like consciously like went away from AEW or NXT. You guys not interested in getting like an extra pay per view win at say Revolution or something like that. No, we don't need it. Uh, we think that the TV wins and the TV appearances will carry us through. I've always viewed, for better or for worse, AEW picks as auxiliary sometimes things to to get you know the points up and to balance things out because they do have less pay per views. You know, balance. I think. Well, that's <laughs> you're taking what I said. What you said out of context. Mm-hmm. No, you're taking. You're taking what it's I also, said. It's- and you're putting it in the wrong context, you know? Is it also worth noting you don't have any NXT picks either? We don't care about that. That's what like, you said. Like, the, your bread and, like, see your meat and potatoes in the draft. It's Raw and SmackDown. If you want to go and grab some ice cream, Dave, and go and hang with the fucking people in NXT, you go and have your ice cream. All right? But I'm sitting here with meat and fucking potatoes, and we're doing weights, and we're going to win the draft. All right? All right. Someone's a bit touchy. <laughs> Don't mention balance to me. That is not what I meant. He's taking my words, and he's he's the right wing media. He's wow. Wow. All I'm saying oh. is, you spoke about balance, and all I said was balance, and then you said some things after. That's you, all. That's all. That's you, what happened there. That's all that happened there, big man. You are a charlatan. <laughs> Temper. I will turn this car around, and there'll be no season twelve for anybody. <laughs> anyway. Uh, moving uh, onward to David Hockney, you know you're not being you know held down with that. Not got the anchor around your way of uh, a listeners league competitor as your tidy part. You don't have to pretend to like Robert Shaw anymore. You've got Gary Kernan, one of the best people to never never win the draft, even though he had a stinker of a season. That's in sandwich between bloody Matt Smith and Tom McManus uh, towards the end of the season, but. Now you and Gary got together and talk us through the team that you guys selected, you know, lucky to be picked from third position. Yeah, I think, well, I've been lucky to be drafting from at least the top three on most occasions. So I was familiar with, you know, who to prioritize. And I went back and forth with Gary, you know, about prioritizing team picks and then first rounds. But we were happy we went with the Usos. We're happy we got Drew McIntyre, who had just returned from what appeared to be uh, some allegedly extended time off. But... We also got the NXT champion, Braun Breaker, who is our team captain this season with uh, at least two title defenses coming up, both at uh, Vengeance Day and possibly the WrestleMania takeover. Uh, now, the second half was a little bit touch and go, I must admit, but we did come up with a real gem in the form of Hook, and that was Gary Kernahan's bidding. You know, picking uh, a diamond in the rough out of the AEW pool, someone who's yet to lose on AEW, someone who could challenge Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship. He might get a win at Revolution too, but if he's competing regularly on Dynamite, Rampage, and the pay-per-view, I mean, 
without losing, that's easy points right there. Our female picks were a little bit up in the air, especially with Liv Morgan, whose stock's taken a bit of a plummet after, you know, the program with Becky Lynch. But who's to say she won't bounce back? Maybe she'll maybe form a tag team with somebody because she could win the women's tag titles at some point. Uh, but Naomi, we were actually, I was actually quite uh, quietly confident with this one, given that the Sonya Deville program will probably stretch uh, all the way to Mania. And it's arguably the second most interesting women's feud going on at the minute, aside from the Charlotte Ronda feud. So I think it was it was important to get at least you know some representation going in week in and week out uh, in terms of women's. So I think our weakest picks arguably love Morgan. But on paper, I think we could do quite well. Possibly a dark horse performance from us this season. I mean, you talk about dark horse. I think Hook's your, your dark horse for like potentially one of the best picks of the season. Like you said, undefeated. You you guys, wrestlers. Your guys' faces alone was more than enough to clarify that Gary had picked out an absolute gem for this draft. I, I thought about Hook. I, don't, I didn't know if it was too early in his run to, to go for Hook, but you guys, you just went ahead and did it. You guys went and sent for Hook, and good for you for doing that. Uh, Usos is your team. is uh, a solid one. Also, they've got history in the draft, especially since they, they were reunited and Jimmy came back from his injury. You know, there is a possibility you could lose to say that Viking would draw the New Day at some point this season, which you should watch out for. He's peace. Uh, all right, excuse me. <laughs> Childish. Uh, you got Drew McIntyre. I think you were wise not to put the currency on Drew McIntyre because while well, he's usually a, a strong pick, you know, to lead somebody's draft team, the fact that he's still in this fucking feud with Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin, he's having another match with Madcap Moss at bloody Saudi Arabia. Like, Julie, it's Corbin. You should be fine. It wouldn't be much better of a match, but fucking another. Better than watching another pay per view match with Madcap Bastard Moss. But at least it's an easy win for his. Braun Breaker, he's not losing that NXT title anytime soon, so that's solid enough for you. But yeah, and also as long as Sonya Deville gets points for the Goat Tones, I'm assuming that it'll get points for you and Naomi because they'll probably be together in most of their segments. But I do and think you'll take a win the feud, and she'll probably win the feud as well, Naomi. But I do think you'll take a half to start off the season because next week she's got a SmackDown's title match against Charlotte, but they're not going to let anything get in the way of their Charlotte Ronda match at Mania, so she's going to take a, like, a title loss. To start the season off, it's about how she rebuilds, I think, after that. You can and get a win by DQ. Good. Good. Uh, and also, your team name is Men on a Mission 2.0. As much like the actual 2.0, it's like an old thing we loved, but it's now been shoved down our throats. <laughs> that, was the, that was the joke, unfortunately. Dave, 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 let me, let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. Go your, ahead, Jack. Your women's picks. Yes. I think they're shit. I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll, I'll, Ooh, I'll, okay, right, so you, you, you had reservations about <laughs> Liv, Liv Morgan coming round three, right? But then you're confident of taking Naomi in round five. Why were they not switched right to begin with if you're tossing the throne at Liv Morgan? And then you were talking about Raquel Gonzalez not being drafted. Surely, surely Raquel's going to be getting more points than Liv this season. Mm. Yeah, very good point, actually. Um I think, you know what it was? I think it's because we wanted uh, some representation across all shows because we're a majority SmackDown heavy team. We've got an AEW pick and we still needed something from NXT and from uh, Raw. So that's where, well, Braun Baker for NXT was a no-brainer. But for Raw, I think we still needed a female pick uh, and we wanted a Raw pick as well. So it was a little bit, yeah, I think we were sort of backed into a corner with that one. But in hindsight, we were able to get Naomi in the end. So I suppose, you know, we sort of rectified our earlier mistake. 
You weren't backed into a corner, though. You've been backed into a corner of your own making. Like, mm-hmm. this, this, um, this obsession, I'm going to call it, you have with making sure you have someone from all brands is a strategy that is going to screw you over this season. Because I'll be honest, I'll be much kinder than Jack. I look at your team and I look at certain aspects of it and I think that is a threat of a team. That is the best of Dave's strategy, which is usually quite safe by the numbers, and Gary's strategy where he likes to throw in some curveballs in there. I actually disagree with Scott. I think the captaincy should have went in Drew McIntyre because I don't think he's going to pick up a loss for months. Like I think he picks up win after win after win, and that carries you forward. Uso's always in programmes with Roman, going to be in matches as well. Hook, genius pick. Genius pick. And even Naomi, I think, is a good pick. But they... The reasoning that you've given for picking Liv where you have is what is going to cost you here because your insistence on making sure that you have every brand covered has led you to making a dud pick in round three, an absolute nothing pick, a non-entity. You know what I mean? Say you replace Liv Morgan there with Sonia Deville, who is still available. This team instantly, for me, becomes a potential championship contender. With Liv there... I'm looking at it and thinking, yes, but. No, that's uh, that's very fair, yeah. Also, you know your geese piece we, when I thought of it, the Usos potentially losing the title. The team, they're on the same brand as the Nudie once again, and when the Usos and the Nudie on the same brand and whether they've got tag belts, there's always a chance they'll lose to them because WWE can't help themselves and put these two into a feud. So don't give me that push. <laughs> anyway. Now I can get a uh, word in Aceways and talk about myself because it's my team next. As I was paired with Chris Anthony Lopez, a newcomer to the team, and we have brilliantly decided to call ourselves a McLopez with cheese. And I think from four <laughs> position, we drafted the best team we possibly could here. We got Jurassic Express, which was our first choice of a tag team, the current AEW tag team champions. A big title defense probably going up at Revolution. Bianca Belair, more than likely going to be the person that goes into WrestleMania to fight Becky Lynch for the title. Uh, Sammy Guevara is our, t- our captain. That pissed Dave off, which made it even more justified as a pick. TNT champion consistent defences. We didn't defend that last night, unfortunately. Season now, but he started it. We got some NXT representation with Kaylee Ray and uh, Carmelo Hazy, NXT North American champion. And Michael Cotty commented on the stream that, oh, that's the cursed title because a few of the last more recent champions have been released. But Carmelo ain't getting released, you know, he's one of the cornerstones that I've had. Him and Braun Breaker, they're building NXT 2.0 in those two, and Michael Cody doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And in the last round, a guy who I can't believe was still available, and we did lose a few potential picks along the way. I mean, second round, we wanted maybe Burt Baker or IG Cargo as an alternative to maybe Sammy Guevara, but we still had Sammy available because those other two went away. We did lose Austin 3 in the last round, but in terms of last round gets, this is the best one we could have got because I can't believe... He went to the fifth round and John Moxley was still available. We now might be even teaming and getting tag team wins with Brian Danielson and maybe even then going into a single speed, which he could win. So I think from fourth place, and with Chris being a newbie, I explained to him how the draft works. In the course of 24 hours, he got the draft. He took to it like a duck to bust it in water, I tell you. And he and him came up with a hell of a strategy, I think. So, guys, please try and tear me down with this team. What do you guys think? Honestly, um, oh, oh, you go, Jack, no, go, Dave, no, Dave, Dave, go ahead, go ahead. We're right. sure a part, so you go first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what stands out for me for Scott and Chris's team is Sammy Guevara and Jurassic Express 
like two two picks who regularly defend their titles on both Dynamite and Rampage and no doubt at Revolution too. And but the TNT champion of Sammy Guevara, captaincy on him, week in and week out defenses on AEW TV is deadly for scoring points. And I think Chris and Scott have actually put themselves firmly up the pegging order with favourites to win the season with that captaincy pick. Kaylee Ray, obviously, in a good programme with Mandy Rose in the NXT title. Carmelo Hayes, again, as you said, one of the pillars of the new NXT. And Moxley's return with a programme in Brian Danielson. I mean, it's hard to argue. You know, that's a, again, it's another strong team on paper. Where I think the, the X factor might be is Bianca Belair. I mean, because while she has scored good in previous seasons, you know, been one of the top scorers consistently since over the last year. I'm just curious as to what her program is going to be going for, for WrestleMania. But I think as long as she's regularly featured and picks up wins, there's no reason to say why she can't just be uh, justified as a good first-round pick. So I, I think it's really difficult to pick apart what might be, again, another very solid team on paper. No, Jack, you were going to say? Um, Bianca Belli, a great pick. So me and Daniel wanted and we couldn't get straight away. So I, 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 I applaud you on that. Uh, I will ask about Kaylee Ray because mm-hmm. uh, I think the, the Vengeance Day match is in a couple of weeks. I think she'll lose. I don't think she'll win. What happens with Kaylee Ray after that? It's a bit unknown. We don't really know. Kind of with NXT 2.0, what's what's kind of happening after such like kind of title title feuds? Is it, is it, I don't think it'll be a one and done. Uh, we thought there was going to be two takeovers, but it appears there'll only be one now. So it's a bit of a maybe a bit of a drag to that point. So I don't. I don't really know, but as we as we do know, WrestleMania's two nights, and as it stands, you have Bianca Belair. They'll probably end that match with Becky Lynch, but nothing else. Do you think your team will have enough to get you to a point? Like much like Allen last season of kind of creating that gap. Do you think your team can have that gap going into the final two nights? I think we can because I think with uh, enough of solid performances like for the TNT there with Sammy's were captain getting a feature spot on Revolution and Jurassic Express getting on Revolution. That's two potential opportunities for not just pay-per-view points, but pay-per-view championship points. One of them with the captaincy applied. Bianca Belair, if she is going for the Rollins style at WrestleMania, which we think she is because she really hasn't really gotten a revenge for that 26-second loss to Becky. So to get build her up to get there to the contendership, she's going to have to start winning matches regularly on television, which is going to build up the points in the long haul. Moxley, again, gets consistent wins on TV. For Carmelo Hayes, has got a title defense even coming up at this Vengeance Day against uh, Cameron Grimes. As much as we all love Cameron Grimes, he's not going to win that title, I don't think. To me, the weakest person on this team is probably going to be Kayleigh Ray because she's probably going to take a loss to Mandy Rose. But I think even if you've got someone like Kayleigh Ray, who's seemingly started to find her feet recently in NXT, uh, NXT 2.0, uh, as opposed to when the rebound started, when they didn't have anything for her. When she's the weakest person on your team, given how she's been like consistently appearing on TV, I think that's still a good sign of how solid your team is. And I think we are going to plan on switching the captaincy to Bianca. So, yeah, we're trying to build up to to WrestleMania and end strong with a Bianca win, hopefully. I mean, I think they've planned on NXT the same day as WrestleMania, so we could have some NXT wins and a WrestleMania big win on the same day to end the season. I don't know how early you want to change the captaincy because like I'm looking at your team and I actually I, I don't think that the boys have done it justice enough. I think there is a, a there is a path where this team steamrolls the draft. 
there is a path where that happens because you look at the last two seasons for Carmelo, 24 points in season 10, 30 points in season 11. That is an impressive tally. You look at the, the last two seasons for Mr. Sammy Guevara, 42 points season 10, 26 points in season 11. Again, another good tally. Look at Bianca Belair, 97 points season 10, 48 points season 11. I think that the numbers don't lie and they spell disaster for a lot of teams that sacrifice <laughs> unless unless some of your guys drop belts and lose title matches. I think Jack's right to point out Kaylee Ray is a focal point. I think other teams, as included, need her to lose against Mandy Rose. Uh, Jurassic Express dropping the title, surprisingly, would be nice as well. And just minimising those title matches would be the key to other people, you know, making sure they could stay ahead of you going into WrestleMania. But I do think that you and Chris have put yourself in a very, very good position with this drafting. Yeah, because, like, I've said it before, I think when Dave had a team, I had quite a few champions, the more champions you have on it, well, you do double your chances of getting regular championship points. You also risk the opportunity more likely of getting a championship loss, which will affect your team. But I think you got to think of the timing now. You can, like Jurassic Express have been have been really been built up over the last few months, and it seems like they really want to go all in with them as tag team champs. Carmelo again, they're building the brand around them. Sammy, the fact that they, they chose to have him win the TNT, like undisputed TNT title, rather than giving it back to Cody, I think says that they have plans for for him. And then the idea that you've got other people like Bianca and Keeley in potential situations to then become champion. I think it's just the timing of these picks. I'm really going into, I mean, Moxley's the only one who seemingly isn't going after a title, but even then he'll get consistent uh, points on TV. And, you know, he's you know sharing the screen with Brian Danielson seemingly on a weekly basis. Uh, so that won't hurt it that much. So, yeah, I'm hopeful for this team. And uh, I think Chris could get off to a flying start for his first season. Although I have tried to warn him, like, I've seen a lot of great teams on paper and they do seem to fall apart. But, you know, I'm hopeful Sammy can get us to not even have to think about twitching the captaincy until hopefully at least after Elimination Chamber. But we all know I have a history with that TNT title. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully it will pay off for you this time. Well, not hopefully. I hope you fall flat on your face, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I'll, I'll support you, but not, as, but not as much as I support myself. That's basically <laughs> what you're saying to me. Yes, 100%. <laughs> uh, so after that we had the Nightmares of the North we've already ripped them apart now, we all, now we're on to you Jack isn't it nice that the SEOs can talk about themselves one after the other uh, we, had the, we had the Market Street Posse you and Daniel Gamble you know, for one point foes battling over the draft where it came down to a single point difference and now we are allies how can they possibly coexist please explain uh, your choices I think we've coexisted there uh, pretty well here we uh, we were we were speaking about uh, and potential tag teams and whatnot we were obviously the likes of Haven and Reigns Lash and MVP are always in the conversation we were like right we know that this was going to go out the way early and these are probably going to go out the way early as well and we want a tag team that's going to be a feature on Raw for the time for the time being going into Mania and I think Monday Monday past there has just kind of proved that in Alpha Academy unfortunately I won't I won't, I won't uh, I won't tell no lie here. We did want Belair. That was our first pick. We didn't get that. So we, we, we came together quickly and decided, you know what, we'll take Seth Rick and Rollins. Round two was always going to be Britt Baker for us. When it came to round three, we were like, why not we just pair her with the, the other half of the power couple? We'll take Adam Cole, baby, and uh, rub Dave up the wrong way. 
fourth round, we're talking about, right, we need we need a woman. We know that Bliss, this is something I think that Bliss had before. She's been part of my team many a time. She's in this kind of thing where she's appearing weekly on these segments. And sometimes you just need that kind of, your, your reappearance a week, just to, just to build up a nice wee point every so often, and that will do. In the last round, it was always going to be Sami Zayn or Nakamura. And I I am I I swayed, I pitched for Sami Zayn and we went and got it. He's got his title match in a couple of weeks. He appears in a few uh, segments and uh, on a show. I'm very I'm very happy with the team we've got. I think I think there's potential we could do all right here. Yeah, and uh, if this thing with Knoxville is gonna continue then you're gonna be seeing Sammy on a regular basis on on SmackDown. I, I do like the idea of taking Bert Baker early on, a uh, Seth you've got He's always been like one of the top draft performers. They uh, even like helped Ross become very close to going back to back uh, last season. Adam Cole, I think maybe like some people have overlooked because he's been appearing regularly. I think he's only really suffered one singles loss recently, which was against Orange Cassidy. And you know, he's, he's, I think he's like ranked near the top of the top five. So there's a chance at some point in the season you see Adam Cole in a world title position. So. I think you've got a strong team of people. You've got a team that's got potential, but seeing that just the case is weight playing out and seeing if it actually like, you know, goes that way or if it falls flat in its face. Because, like, Sammy, much like Naomi, Sammy losing a title match this next week to Nakamura could be a bad way to start your season. Uh, it could it, 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 it could be, but we'll, we'll play. We've, we've, taken, we've taken the risk, but even it, I think it's a couple of weeks to fair. I don't think it's straight next week. I think it was maybe the week after, if I remember correctly. I think it's two weeks' time because this whole, this whole thing was, oh, he's got a sore head after what's happened, blah, blah, blah. So it's two weeks of recuperation or something. I don't know, but I, I, I feel confident with Zane anyway. I think he, I, I would love it for him to win because I think he's, he's he'd the, the absolute right person to carry the mid-card in SmackDown right now. If not, I think this time we're not still continuing to go to Mania and he will be on SmackDown a lot with it. So I'm, I'm, fair, I'm very happy with getting Zane. Uh, I agree with Jack. I think Sami Zayn was long overdue uh, his Intercontinental title match, which he won, which he earned last season, and he should have got it at day one, uh, which when he was on uh, when he was on my team, funnily enough. But don't nah, be better. Don't be better. Absolutely I know. I know. Better this year. But yeah, the don't be a hater. Rollins uh, as a first round pick, I think, is a bit of a no brainer. He had such a strong juggernaut performance last season. He was the highest scorer with over a hundred points on his own in Ross's team. Uh, he's in the Elimination Chamber match too, so he's still in the main event scene. I, I think that was a no-brainer. Adam Cole and Britt Baker, the power couple of AEW, uh, mingling with the elite and Adam Cole's aspirations for a world title f- uh, run definitely definitely makes them solid picks. The one massive red flag slash elephant in the team here is Alexa Bliss. Like, honestly, I don't know what you were thinking picking Alexa Bliss. Given that she's only recently returned, she wasn't in the Royal Rumble match, and she's only been resorted to one, maybe two at a stretch, uh, appearance points per week, when you could have chosen somebody that was in a position to possibly compete more on a regular basis, such as, uh, you know, Naomi, even Kaylee Ray, or even Sonya Deville. Like, a lot of good picks. Even, as mentioned, Raquel Gonzalez, who went undrafted. You know, you could have chose her. Like, why prioritize somebody who has just recently returned over someone who's going to compete regularly? We were thinking of the consistent uh, appearance points, David, as you as as said, that she's going to be getting. We were thinking of Mania at the end. There could be something there. I just, I, we, 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 struggled to, we struggled to see what will kind of happen with the rest of them. Shouldn't we have taken Sonya Deville? 
Yeah, probably, but we were we were we were clearing a bit with the the Bliss Engines, but I, I would I would happily put a bet on you with you right now that Bliss would score more than Liv Morgan this season. Mm. Oh, I don't, I don't know. See how that goes. Well, well, I, I think I, I think they've got it. I don't know. No, no, no. I'm a risk. I'm a risk analyst here. I analyze. I need time to assess assess analytics. Sounds like a shite bag to me. Sounds like a shite bag to me. No, no, no. The point is, Dave, Dave. You you have on your Twitter profile that you are an adrenaline junkie and you're still not willing to put a tenner up because you're not looked at the analytics yet. Don't be a shite bag. Dave, put the tenner up. Take his tenner off him. Hey, my name's David Hockney. Welcome to Jackass. Take a risk. All right, <laughs> put that tenner on. Listen, I'm an adrenaline junkie from traveling, okay? I don't get an adrenaline rush from a gamble, okay? But listen, the, the point I'm making, Jack, is you and your team and my team are in similar positions here. Overall, very solid on paper, but with two big red flags uh, across both teams. Well, here's what my, I think about it. I bought aioli this week. A nice wee treat, actually, you know, to have with my bagels and chicken. The thing is, <laughs> this morning, I ran out of aioli. So I had butter on my bagels. Now, was it still nice? Yes. But it was nothing special. It's kind of how I feel about the Market Street Posse's team. I think it's a nice team, but it's nothing special. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a mid-table team if I've saw one. And I don't think, I think they get a title us next week because I, I can't see Johnny Knoxville challenging for the IC title at WrestleMania. And I think we're getting Zane Knoxville at Mania. So that's just that's just my thoughts on it. I mean, maybe you never know, stranger things have happened, but I love that comparison. Like, you're saying his drafty is they're calling up saying, I like Coke, or we've got Pepsi, is that okay? Uh, it's all the same thing. <laughs> Precisely, maybe diet Pepsi. It's just a bit like, oh, I prefer <laughs> something else. But <laughs> uh, so, uh, expectations, Jack, for your team could clearly not be lower. It seems it means you can only do it better than everyone else's eyes. So that's not one in itself, and it? that's the only place to go from here is up. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll do better than this next team, the quintessential stud muffins, another inaccurate team. Uh, General Mack, this year's uh, this season's Listeners League winner, and Stephen Wilson, uh, well, he, he's Jim's problem now, taking the team of the Creed Brothers as their tie team. CM Punk is their captain for Sir Impit. Rhea Ripley, Kevin Owens, Dana Brooke, and Brian Danielson. Now, Creed Brothers was interested in picking, you know, we got the Dusty Classic, but I think they're putting all their chips on that, working out uh, for them, and, you know, I'd. You know, maybe not go for anyone in the Diamond Mind right now with the consistency of how regularly they seem to get rid of members of the Diamond Mind. Punk is uh, a carry he's performing better than I think most of us probably thought he would, so fair enough. Maybe this feud with AJF will continue. Then you got Brian Danielson, who uh, I like as well. If he continues to do well, then probably Moxley will do well as well on my team. And then you got Ripley, Owens, and people, team, a group that maybe has potential, but I don't have potentially high hopes for, especially not Dana Burke. Hmm, that's an, that's an interesting one. Creed Brothers, I think you're, you're right with the kind of uncertainty that, that is there. Dana Burke, obviously, she does appear in these 24-7 technical segments. We're probably much thinking the same as what me and Daniel were thinking about Bliss and the appearance points that she's been getting. But, of course, if she kicks out of a of a 24-7 pinfall, that's not a title defence. You're not getting title defence points. You're only ever winning the title. You're losing the title. There's 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 nothing in between. And she's it, it seems that she's probably going to have this for a while. And when she loses it, I don't see her getting it back. And she could be off TV at that point. So it's, it's a... 
as 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 said before, the picks that have went after, could they have picked someone else? Absolutely. Yeah, this this team is sort of like a, a what if type team because everybody on this list has suffered losses in some capacity. Uh, the Creed brothers, I think Jim and Steven have got the dusty cup in mind, much like um, much like uh, Callum and JP with the Cora Jade pick. I mean, the Creed brothers are arguably favourites to win, so I don't really, I can see where their thinking is there. But looking at the rest of the team, nothing really screams, you know, like top tier performers ahead of WrestleMania season. Like Ray Ripley's taking a bit of a dive, you know, towards the, the mid card. Kevin Owens is a little bit lost in the shuffle. Brian Danielson might have some something going into revolution along with CM Punk. I mean, CM Punk's been a safe bet, but he's incurred a loss to MJF now. Maybe his momentum slows a bit. It's hard to say really where he goes from here. But if it does continue, then Captain on Punk is probably the best thing they could have done for now. Uh I mean, there's a few bright sparks in this team, but nothing that screams a winning team for me, unfortunately. Yeah, this definitely yeah. screams a, a bottom half of the table team for me. Maybe not dead last, I mean, not especially normally you got a team that has, may I remind you, Nikki Bella on it. But, like, how you talk about people like Liv Morgan stocks dropping? I mean, Rhea Ripley, her stock fell off at a fucking cliff, landed on its head, and then rolled and fell off another cliff ever since she lost to Charlotte. They're still never gotten her win back against Charlotte, may I remind you. Mm. Well, this is this is it. They've, they've decided to watch Frozen Two and just go into the unknown with all of these picks because there's no clear direction for Rhea Ripley or Kevin Owens going into WrestleMania. I think there's no clear direction for either of them. Dana Brooke doesn't have a direction. She is what she is. You know what I mean? She's just Dana. She's, she's Dana. Dana. She's just fucking Dana. You know, like they do have strengths here. Creed Brothers is a smart pick. It's very much a Stephen Wilson pick. Like it's not a risk, but it's something that he's looked at the landscape and thought there's points in this. But CM Punk and Brian Danielson, I think where you've drafted them from is probably reversed. I, I think that Brian is going to end up being a more profitable pick in the fifth round than Punk will be in the first. But I think it probably will balance itself out in the end. But I think the guys are right in what they're saying. It's not going to challenge. It's a bottom feeding team and I think that when all is said and done it's not going to be one of Steven's best seasons and and Jim will back fair play to the guy but this is going to be a one and done for that listeners league winner mm, it's looking like it let's look at the uh, second last team the B Sharps of Andy Mitchell and Ross McLeod finally Andy Mitchell has graced the, the draft with his presence I'm sure Dave Campbell <laughs> is doing somersaults uh that prospect, but Scott, do you know what they've got? They've got my baby on board. With <laughs> Andy and I'm buzzing. It's been done. Uh, we got, you know, got Andy who seems like he doesn't give a shit about most things, and then Ross, who's you know, very depending on how well he's doing, it, it depends on how, how he seriously takes the draft. You know, he's still he's winning, still fresh, so maybe he's taking this seriously, but. They've got a team of GYV girls and young veterans as their tag team. Again, putting their Dusty Cup uh, hopes on them. Adam Page is their captain, the AEW World Champion. That's a, a solid one for your captain. Got Sasha Banks. She's one, one of the four horsewomen. And WWE just can't help themselves but put them in prominent positions. So I'm assuming she'll work up some points. Edge, Ross has picked Edge kind of in the past. 
Edge may not be around for a few weeks, but he may have a promise by going into WrestleMania. You got Rosa, Rosa, Rosa. He's got a match, I think, next week against uh, Mercedes Martinez, so maybe appear more on Rampage than Dynamite, I think. And then you've got the pick that I did so poorly, even though the picks were only made on Monday. There goes the money. There goes the money. Uh, Shane McMahon <laughs> leaving a trail of sweat as he's kicked out the door by his own dad. Oh, I mean, just as well as the last round pick, you know, it'd be worse if they picked him like earlier on, but that's immediately going to be a, a kick in the ball before the season's even kicked off. 100%. I think that actually Shane, at the time, was a smart pick based on what we're hearing. You know what I mean? He was meant to be in the chamber. He was meant to be having a featured match at Mania. Uh, it could have been in another world, a steal at round five, but alas, not to be. I think the rest of their team's a bit, a bit so-so, to be honest with you. Like, Page and Edge, they don't appear every week, you know what I mean? Um, like, Sasha Banks, we don't actually know what she's doing right now. I think the lying bitch is probably filming Star Wars, even though she says she's not going to be in it. I don't, I don't believe you, Sasha. I don't believe you. And then Thunder Rosa as well. It's a bit like, the, it's a team stuck in flux. And it's very much a Ross absentee team. You know, he's he says that he was giving Andy directions in between bites of his burger, but I'm not seeing it. He's he's put Andy out to a lamb to slaughter in this tag season. And Andy's done he's done all right, but again, this is a team at the bottom of the table. Yeah. I would actually like to go on the record and say if Billy and Stacy don't get the last place participation trophy, then it's gonna to go to Andy and Ross. Because that team on paper is very underwhelming. Like, Grizzled Young Veterans is their tag team who haven't exactly been painted in the best light since Rainbow NXT took over, and they're facing the Creed Brothers in the semi-final of the Dusty Cup. I don't think they're going to be getting any big wins after the Dusty Cup because uh, that's a wasted pick for the tag team. Same with Edge, who might disappear for a while. Shane McMahon's out the door. Thunder Rosa may not compete as regularly as some of the other female picks chosen and Sasha Banks can go back to Sailor Moon cosplaying uh, as far as I'm concerned because I don't see a solid program for her going into Mania. The only saving grace that might save them from finishing bottom is Hangman Page as the AEW champion because uh, he's got the title defense against Lance Archer in the Texas death match. Possibly they'll get another match at Revolution but apart from that I don't really see any big time wins for Andy and Ross in this team. I think they'll either finish second last or they'll be last place. I think, yeah, it's a bit hard to see maybe last place, but it wouldn't be the first time that Ross has had a first-round pick with the Caddies team. And I think Kangman, at least for the first few weeks, will be doing that for them, like get the big win uh, against Lance Archer. I don't think the Archer program will continue till Revolution. So I think quite shortly after that, you'll be building to another program against someone else at Revolution, which means at least appearance points on uh, Dynamite and just possibly Rampage. So I do think Hangman's their main saving grace edge depends on how often he chooses to show up in the lead up to, to WrestleMania and how prominent a role he has at WrestleMania. Uh, I do, again, like, GYV, I just don't understand. Like, I don't, much like I don't understand the Creed Brothers. Like, you had three teams, we're going to talk about the last place team in a minute, but three teams in a row chose NXT teams as their tag team pick. And nobody thought to pick MSK. I think MSK is a missed opportunity here. I think they're going to go be the first team to like go back to back in the Dusty Cup. 
Uh, for me, this is just a bit of a nothing team. Uh, they're not going to win. They'll be down the bottom. They're not going to significantly impact anyone else. So I have a good start with Adam Page. They've got Grizzly Jungle Veterans. But after that, nothing's, nothing's going to happen for me. I think, gang, it's just that they're there. Mm. Uh, so let's go into the last team. Uh, a team that's giving mixed signals here because, you know, they're the only team to have a 3-2 split in favour of the women's side of the team. So you'd say, yay, feminism. But then they call themselves championship big boys, which is a bit too toxic masculinity for my liking. You've got last season's <laughs> winner, uh, Alan McLucas, and you've got teaming up with Tom McManus, still kind of a newbie. You know, we call him big boss Tam, but his balls turned out weren't as big as we thought because Bailey did not show up at the Royal Rumble as we thought she would. So that uh, gamble did not pay off. They do have a team that consists of the NXT Tag Team Champions Imperium as their tag team. They've got Ronda Rousey is the first round pick, but they haven't gone with her as their captain. They've gone with Jay Cargill instead, the TBS champion. That's the captain. They've got MJF, Mandy Rose, and for the first time since season two, I believe, that's so pre-SDL, Kofi Kingston as a singles pick. So the New Day, not a tag team this season, but we get to have Big E and Kofi Kingston in separate teams, respectively, as tag team picks, but still could garner big points together if they choose to go after the SmackDown tag team titles once again. So, from a team that's going from last position, I think the first few rounds, like excluding the tag team one, the first few rounds went fairly well because Ronda, she's not going to appear a lot in the first few weeks leading into Mania, but as we get closer, she'll make more of her appearance. She could face the season on a high. She beat Charlotte. She cargoes undefeated regular defences of that TBS title. MJF has been on a number of winning teams in the past. And then you got Mandy. I don't know how long or often she'll defend the NXT Women's Championship, but she's still one of the higher scorers, I think, on the NXT Women's side. So, what do you guys think? As a terms of a last place uh, position from picking, they could have done a lot worse. They could have done a lot worse, but this is screaming mid-table team for me here, because I don't imagine Ronda's going to compete, or maybe even appear that much, up until the, the weeks before WrestleMania. The Imperium could potentially lose the tag titles to the Creed Brothers if they win the Dusty Cup, because that's the feud that seems to be going on with the tag title scene at the minute. Kofi Kingston as a fifth round pick, I think is definitely a, a solid get, given how much the New Day is featured on SmackDown lately. And as a tag team, he could also pick up singles wins as well as tag teams. So it's often quite good in that capacity. MJF and Mandy Rose, though, don't compete as often as I think they should be. So, but Mandy Rose does get big wins on pay-per-view if she continues to defend the NXT women's title. MJF, again, doesn't compete as regularly as people like him to. But I think the saving grace for this team will be Jade Cargill uh, defending the TBS title. Like, Jade Cargill's arguably Rookie of the Year uh, in a lot of people's eyes. I think she got the uh, PWI Rookie of the Year last year. So, I think Jade Cargill will probably be the saving grace for for this team here, but I don't see them finishing any higher than middle of the table. Yeah, Imperium, I think they're going to lose to whoever wins the Dusty Cup. That seems to be the way that it's going. Uh, the other team, like, yeah, they'll make, get some mis- is it, uh, appearance points, but it depends how consistently they appear. And I agree with what you said, Ronda will depend on like if she chooses to wrestle other than her match at WrestleMania, which... You know, I don't know how likely that is. Uh, Goat, what do you think? Yeah, I think that 
the strengths in their team are good strengths. I think Jade Cargill is a phenomenal pick. Um, NJF and Mandy Rose will get appearance points. I think Kofi Kingston, if I'm saying that Big E is going to do well in the tag ranks in SmackDown, then I'd be a hypocrite not to say that Kofi Kingston will as well. And I think in round five, it's an actual steal of a pick. I like the lower half of their team, but the problem is Ronda round one it's the appearances, it's the matches, it's whether she's going to be there every week. And it's just not something they could have got Ronda round two or three. That's that's my th- that's my thoughts. I don't think there were enough other teams who had their eye on Ronda Rousey or would have taken that bet before maybe round five. So they could have maybe got someone else. They could have got Sasha Banks, for example, and that's lot. You know what I mean? With Jade Cargo and then still have time for Ronda later in the draft. And Imperium to me, it just doesn't just doesn't fill me with anything. I think they've always been a bit of a so so pick whenever they've been drafted. So I agree with Dave mid table for Tom and Allen, but I don't think it's a bad team by any man or means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Jade was always going to be a top potential pick given the undefeated streak and the, the newness of the the TBS tale, how new that was uh, to the women's division. So I think that's going to be something to keep an eye out for. Uh, Ronda, like I said, depends how often she shows up to cut terrible promos. Jack, do you have any thoughts on this team? Do you think they'll finish any higher than mid-table or are you, you know, going with the sentiments of your final, your fellow panelists? Yeah, mid-table team, for me, I think, your Scott, uh, I, I guess I can understand the reason as to why they would have maybe taken Ronda Rousey in the base. They didn't want anyone else to have her for that Mania match or whatever she's going to be doing. But, like, as as said before, like they could have done that round three, round two, and folks still wouldn't have considered it. Folk wouldn't have considered it until round five, much like I didn't consider Brock Lesnar to round five last season. I think it's probably much the same vein. That's how it's been really uh, treated. But yeah, like Jade Cargill, I think is out and out there their best pick. I, I, I just, I just, I don't see them getting above mid table. Yeah, I think Ronda, Edge, and Brock all have the same issues in that they have strong finishes at WrestleMania, but it's about how they'll do on the road to it. And like the fact that Brock's even in the chamber, felt that he's probably going to be the higher scorer out of all three of those picks, in my opinion. Just looking at it. Uh, also, that's been everybody's team. Before we go into add some like I, I did want to look at some potential people who hadn't been drafted and talk about anybody's predictions for potential winners other than themselves. But before we do that, Dave, uh, is there anything notable about the Listers League uh, this season? How many people have we got to uh, to rejoin this season? Uh, I'm actually not sure. I've not been informed of how many people are joining this time around. That buddy Stephen Wilson, you know, he's letting standards slip after all these seasons, you know. But, you know, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people for you to pretend that you care about and to come on to the transfer window season next season and probably cock it up as they often do. But we look at, uh, like, potential people who didn't go on after we mentioned them, a few of them already. I think MSK were a big, uh, you know, missed opportunity as far as potential for the Dusty Classic. And looking at uh, other people who weren't drafted, I want to go around everybody and like, talk to me about somebody who you think maybe should have been drafted but wasn't. Uh, Campbell, I'll start with you. Um, I think that the obvious one for me is Orange Cassidy. Um, he has done very well. He's had a 
really solid uh, season one. You look at the points tallies, he's had 31 and a half, 15, 51 and a half, 37, 15. Like he's always going to get you into the double figure points. He's always going to be a feature in AEW TV. And I think that, you know, he would have been a better fifth round pick for some teams than who they ended up going with in the end. Yeah, it seems to be a weird thing where her, every other season or so, uh, Orange Cassidy just goes overlooked by a lot of people. And I don't really know why that is. Uh, Jack, do you have anybody you think should have been like picked up but wasn't? Um, yeah, well, c- comparing like the picks to like, something like some that folk have already done, I think see the Malachi Black or Brody King even maybe taking them as a tag team. I that may, that that could have potential to get you some points this this season with, with how things are going, or even taking one of them as a single pick. I think maybe they're, they're, they're two that have, are missed opportunities, I think. Mm. Uh, Dave, what about you? Yeah, mentioned her twice earlier, Raquel Gonzalez. Like, you know, if, mm. if she's going into a program with Cora Jade to win the Women's Dusty Cup, I think she would have been a an absolute steal in hindsight. But, you know, that's the risk with the draft. Sometimes you get caught up in your own strategy. You, you overlook some people who might actually perform quite well. But, yeah, I mean, there is potential for Raquel to become a two-time back-to-back Dusty Cup winner. Uh, but who else is competing in the Women's Dusty Cup? There's there's literally nobody else uh, announced yet. So I've, I've, Raquel would have been a, definitely been a steal. Hmm. I'm trying to think who else uh, you haven't mentioned. I mean, I already mentioned MSQ. I think as a fourth, maybe fifth round pick, Wardlow would have been a decent bet. He's gone on this weird undefeated thing. They want to put him in that ladder match at Revolution and the tease this whole thing between him and MJF, you know, to be like a very Batista Triple H split up at some point. I think he could have been a dark horse pick to uh, maybe get a win. But, you know, I think because maybe we don't do Dynamite, maybe because we don't do Dark anymore, that some people maybe overlooked someone like a, a Wardlow. But I think there's been some solid picks across most people. There's some people who I can definitely already see finishing very low down. Uh, as the season gets kicked off this coming Monday. But I want to go around everybody as we did this uh, last season, I believe. Who is going to, which team is going to be the, uh, who do you think, which team maybe other than yourself, do you think is going to potentially win the season? Who do you think is going to come dead last? And who do you think is going to be the surprise team this season? Uh, let's go the reverse order. Let's go Dave first. So, to win the season? Yeah. I'm going to go with Lopez with cheese because that Sammy Guevara captaincy with the TNT title will be key to a a potential win along with a very solid team all-rounded. Last place I'm actually going to say Andy and Ross, the B-Sharps because Billy and Stacey with the captaincy on Brock Lesnar could do some major damage in the Elimination Chamber. Uh, And the surprise pick is going to be the Goat Tones. I mean, you, you just can't ignore that team on paper. You know, someone who, well, the team that won last season, again, another solid team on paper, Charlotte Flair, the captaincy, is probably going to s- surprise everybody with the undercard side of that team. Uh, yeah, you can't uh, rule out the, t- the only team to have actually won the draft season before, uh, the tag season, that is. Jack, what about you? Uh, to win, Goat Tones, to lose, Andy and Ross, surprise pick you and Chris. Short and sweet. Thank you. Uh, you're no fucking about. I, th- I do think that Sammy Govada captaincy is going to make or break his uh, gamble. 
I think if the Goat Tones aren't winning, I'll go with you and Chris. Like I said, I think it's a really good team. Finishing last, I'll probably go with, yeah, I think it's got to be Andy and Ross. I think they're not really, they're not drafted that well. Um, and surprise team, let's go with, if Liv Morgan doesn't bring them down, I think Dave and Gary could surprise us by finishing a bit high. But the Liv Morgan pick annoyed me, that's why I was so heated earlier. <laughs> Yeah, so obviously not picking myself, I think, which is a potential winner, I think, given the both of them have history of the solid performances in the draft, like I'm going to say potential winner Dave and Gary, actually. Mm, thank you. Uh, at the last place, I think I'll go with, uh, I'm going to go against you guys and go with Billy and Stacey. I'm sorry, but I know I'm fixating on it, but I just can't get over that. <laughs> That team that that with buddy Nikki Bella as a first round pick, uh, as a surprise, and I want to say either Goat Tones or uh, Tom and Allen, because obviously Goat Tones can never be like looked over as the previous team winner. I think uh, Allen wanted to prove a point as he's never won the draft before, and Tom still fairly new. And the fact they were drafted from last, they're going to want to prove a point. And the Jade Cargill as their captain with her undefeated streak. Is going to be a thing that helps, you know, propel them. Those are our opinions. Of course, those are the opinions that matter. But if you have opinions, then why not express them if you feel the need to at Suplex Retreat on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or let us know other than by joining the Facebook community page. Yeah, yes, our community uh, on Facebook. You can join in David Campbell's question every week. We'll read it on Central on this very podcast and feed. Check out the back catalogue, more than 100 episodes of Saturday Draft Live to enjoy if you haven't listened to them all. Go back, go over from the very beginning. It's been a hell of a rollercoaster still has. Uh, you, you can listen to the episodes of Central, our weekly roundup show. You can listen to our feature shows every single Tuesday. most recent one was about uh, Ronda Rousey, and next week will be all about you know NXT 2.0 so far. Uh, but you speak to myself and Grant every so often, Dominic New Japan for Wrestling. Uh, there's a on our YouTube channel you can check out the draft selection shows, you can check out Quiz Showdown, you can check out Book It, Conspiracy Theories, all sorts of great content over on the YouTube page as well. And we hope you will look forward to following along with us on a very unique season where it's the tag teams where people have to lean on each other when they're not strong. <laughs> and mm. you know, it's a very interesting season. And I can't wait to see it. It's going on to WrestleMania, the biggest finale, because it's the biggest show of the year. And, you know, I'm sure these guys can't wait either. So thank you to my fellow pillars. Thank you to David Hockney. Thank you. Thank you to Jack Graham. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, as always, to the GOAT. Cobra Kai never dies. <laughs> Please, never address like that again on a stream. You'll get us demonetized. Bye, everyone. <laughs> There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello guys, welcome to Quiz Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell and in this show you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're going to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown.